0: hey i'm alex and i'm brandon hey brandon do you remember when the president of the united states of america would not incite insurrection against our constitutional republic (laughs) (laughs) i can hardly say that without laughing do you remember poli sci Squabby do I don't know what I'm doing that was crazy I think I feel crazy I feel crazy Brandon do you feel crazy I feel a little crazy I oh there is a God. lot happening Alex oh. how how are you doing in general though I mean, physically, I'm well. Uh, spiritually, I feel strong. Um, mentally, I'm a little fatigued. I feel like I have uh, observed an incredible upheaval of an entire political movement this week, and I in fact have. And the psychic drain on me has been palpable the whole week. I felt like I just came back from a marathon, and I have just been doing my normal level of activity. There's been a lot. There's been a
1: lot going on. And for the purposes of this podcast, really quick you know we had in some elections in Georgia where two democrats won uh, alex and i are actually going to bring you a two part podcast on that later but like right after that happened Mm-hmm. Something uh, something mm-hmm. pretty uh, significant happened at the U.S. Capitol. I was hoping you could give us a summary.
0: Yes, and we're going to subvert the news you can use uh, section of the podcast because right now there's really only one topic that we need to be talking about. Literally and one that, thing. And <laughs> That, my friends, is Trump's violent mob which breached the U.S. Capitol, something that has not occurred since the War of 1812 <laughs> when the British... So I was listening to another podcast, it may have been uh, Lincoln Project, they were talking about how there's burn scars from from the mob, the British mob that invaded the Capitol in 1812. Not since that time has the Capitol been breached, and it occurred. At Trump's urging, a mob of his supporters marched to the Capitol, broke inside, where Congress was gathered to count the state's certified votes and officially declare Biden the winner of the 2020 presidential election. Some of the mob were armed, some of the mob were carrying bombs, which were later to Discovered, some had zip ties no elected members were hurt but they were huddled in desks hiding in their offices Uh, they were applying gas masks they were fearing for their life this event left five dead And it's unclear what the end goal of the mob was or how much worse it could have been. But we want to go into details on this because this is something that is absolutely historic and it is absolutely unprecedented. And it has shaken our democracy as Trump has been trying to do the whole time. He finally succeeded in a massive upheaval.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, you say that statement about what happened, you summarize it, and my head is spinning. And I think the first thing that comes to my mind that I wanted to ask you how could something like this happen? And I mean it, that, oh. I mean that sincerely, and I don't even mean that rhetorically, I mean that literally. How is it that people could get inside of the US Capitol where? Our elected government is performing the functions of our election, right? Like performing a mechanism of the peaceful transfer of power, and they were able to disrupt that
0: process. How could something like this happen? So I I have to, first of all, you know, I have to expressed that i feel this is another example of institutional racism at play and i think you know where i'm going to go with this when black lives matter had gathered for a march in washington there were like phalanx of of paramilitary people in full body armor like layered arm to arm like three three individuals back i mean and and that was for that was for a peaceful march that had that, that didn't have this giant online presence that was basically announcing they wanted to overthrow the government, right? So I think I mean I'm trying to gather details on this. I've read a number of articles about the failures of uh, the Capitol police. Uh, I know that the sergeant of arms of both the Senate and the House and the Capitol police officer or the Capitol police chief they've all they've all essentially been fired. They were told they need to leave they were caught completely unprepared for this event but it's also worth noting that during the insurrection or the attempted insurrection trump w- he he basically failed to activate the, the National Guard. He was reacting with what some observers described as glee as these events uh, uh, you know occurred right in front of him, right under his nose. And it actually took intervention from Vice President Pence to finally call in the National Guard and other senators to contact uh, National Guard in Maryland and bring them in. So I think that there was some amount of foul play here. I think, I mean, would you put it past Trump as, as he He was planning to try and either, you know, interrupt the certification of the votes or completely stop it. Would you put it past him that he would want weak security when he knew he was going to have a mob to rile up, you know, right before certification was supposed to take place? Well, no, I I wouldn't put it past him. And I just
1: I want to reiterate what you said, and I'm glad you started here. If these were black bodies that were breaching the Capitol, they would have been assaulted or shot. We all know that that's true. We don't need any more evidence to suggest that that's true. This is an example of white privilege. These white, mostly white, mostly men were not only able to get into the Capitol. In some cases, the Capitol Police were removing barricades. There's videos of Capitol Police circling their arms, waving these people in. There are photos of the Capitol Police inside taking selfies with these folks. There are reports that Capitol Police were trying to direct these uh, terrorists to the specific offices of lawmakers to the point where some of these folks knew not where Jim Clyburn's office was but they knew the place in the Capitol where he would often go to work and to get his writing done they actually got to that place and stole his laptop again this was not an office that said Senator Jim Clyburn they knew
0: where he went to work so yeah what, it, when wow, you, that's chilling I didn't know that I mean did you know they also stole I saw Jeff Merkley's laptop I mean a number this is a this is an a cyber security failure too a absolutely. number of security laptops and who knows what else i mean there was a picture of richard barnett of arkansas he was the the famous picture of the man with the with his feet up on nancy pelosi's desk did you see that picture yeah i did and and he has since been arrested but you know there was an interview with him after this and he said you know that's the people's house that's my house you know nancy pelosi she ain't even respecting that desk so i thought i'd take a seat Took an envelope from her, too, but I didn't steal it because I left a a quarter on her desk. This is malignant white privilege. This is what happens. This is what happens when you have a class of people who feel they are entitled to do anything. The fact that he thought he was in in any realm, it was okay for him to cavort himself in there and put his feet on the desk. I mean, for me, the blame lies with the president. And the president, not alone, also his enablers, but leaders are supposed to lead. And he has been sending messages that this type of behavior is not only okay, but he has been actively encouraging it for years now.
1: Yeah. And and just in the last couple of weeks, Trump has pointed specifically to that date. It was Wednesday, January 6th, again, when Congress came together to count the electoral votes that have already been cast by the states. Trump had said that it was going to be wild that people should go to Washington, D.C. You know, people had to book flights and get there. Most of the arrests that have been made so far have been made out of state. These were not locals. These are people who had the means and the time and energy to actually fly in to Washington, D.C. to be there. And I wanted to ask you, I know this is a little bit of speculation, but I, I think that, you know, you, you hinted at it a little bit earlier. Do you believe that, for example, the Capitol police and the Sergeant Sergeant at arms, do you believe that maybe Trump and his administration literally directed them to either help people get in the building or at a minimum to take a very hands-off approach? Like, do you think that you could draw a direct line between Trump and, wanting these people to be there and maybe the orders that security and police were given on that day.
0: I just don't know. I think, you know, it was Naya, my wife, Do you Naya. think it's possible? I guess. And oh, I, it's again, absolutely, it's absolutely possible. I mean, on the, on the recognize day that this, this is speculation, but I just want to, Yeah. i I think it's i think it is absolutely possible i I mean on the day that this occurred i was speaking with naya and she was saying they're opening the gates for them and i mean you could read that one of two ways you could read that as you know they were so overwhelmed i mean it just came out that one of the police officers who died during this you know violent insurrection was beaten in the head with a fire extinguisher and that's how he died that was his eventual cause of death so i mean (sighs) if if there's you know, 10,000 people or whatever it is, however many thousand outside the building and you're one dude at a door and they're screaming to let them in. I mean, are you just going to stand there and let them trample you? So, I mean, I want to give these these law enforcement individuals the benefit of the doubt and that's just me as an individual I I try to give people the benefit of the doubt until we have more evidence but do I think that do I think that's a possibility I mean anything's believable in the realm of Trump Uh, I, I just read an article that while this was occurring Rudy Giuliani and Trump were sitting in the White House, attempting to call senators. They were trying to get a hold of my least favorite senator, Tommy Tuberville, a freshly elected senator from Arkansas who took Doug Jones's spot. Your he least is... favorite senator with the best name. Yeah, so let it's me tell you why. It's a great, like old-time movie name. Like, yeah, Tommy Tuberville, ah. Eh? He's a he's a football coach from Auburn who's very popular in Arkansas who didn't participate in a single debate during his run because he's an absolute idiot. After he was sworn in, he announced that the three branches of government were the Senate, the House, and the Presidency. He's an absolute dunce Oops. and he yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, this is a senator who had just gone to like the senatorial orientation too. Like he should have at least paid attention. So <laughs> They were attempting to to get a hold of this guy, but apparently Rudy Giuliani called another senator, Senator Lee of Utah, and basically started talking to him. And it became apparent they were actually looking for for Tuberville or Toberville, however you say it. And apparently the goal was they were trying to get him to delay certification by raising more objections to even more states so that the the certification could not be completed. That's what Rudy Giuliani and President disgraced you know soon to be former president donald j trump were doing while his colleagues including his vice president huddled in fear for their life in the capitol building which was under attack
1: yeah it's uh <sighs> it's disgusting um and I'm mad yeah and you should be mad and, and just to the part about us speculating about how this could have happened you know i there will be an investigation as to why this happened it was it a good faith failure on the part of law enforcement. We know again, that Trump actively resisted the national guard being deployed. um, That like you said, it required intervention and intervention from the white house council and among other officials to actually get the national guard in there. That was after people were already in the building. Right. Um, But there will be an investigation as to how all this happened. We know that Trump directed people that morning to, March to the Capitol, um, and they did. Uh, and I, I, I guess all of this is just to say that you think of these government buildings as very austere, very secure, and especially when you have like so much of the line of succession for the presidency in the same building at the same time. Think about this: you had Vice President Mike Pence presiding over the Senate, he's next in line after Trump. You also had the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. She would be third in line after Trump and Pence. You also had the, the President Pro Tem, whose name is escaping me, was also... So you had basically the entire line of succession of the American presidency in the same building at the same time as security failed. I mean, this is a... It's really hard to talk about this stuff without getting too worked up. Oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, you kind of you almost lose the words for it of how
0: how serious this was. Imagine the president of the United States, you know, calling to I actually haven't seen any estimates on the crowd size, but it's a very sizable crowd, you know, talking about this egregious assault on our democracy, telling people they're going to walk down to the Capitol. Don Jr. Warming up the crowd by saying, quote, we're coming for you. Rudy Giuliani, my absolute least favorite god he is just so awful talking about you know we have to have a a trial a trial by conflict or a trial by combat these These people should literally be prosecuted for insurrection I believe I believe that they will be. I mean, I, I do believe that they will be. I think, you know, Donald Trump has been flirting with this kind of a wink and a nod, you know, coming right up to the line. I never called for violence. He he did call for violence and then violence did occur, you know, like an hour later, not even an hour later. This this falls squarely on the president and his handlers, the people who organized that rally. Let's just let me just go back in time a little bit. What what role does a outgoing president have, you know, holding a rally on the day of certification for the rival that beat him handily? What for what reason does that need to occur and how did it not occur to the Capitol police and the people in charge of security that nothing good was going to come of this? It's Donald Trump. Nothing good was going to come of it.
1: Well, you're you're asking what role does he play he doesn't play a role and you yeah, have to right. ask yourself again what was trump saying in the weeks and days leading up to this day what was he saying that morning the rally alex the rally was called the save america rally imagine right. that you're a trump supporter in this crowd and the president of the united states is telling you that you are losing your country and you must go to the capital what does that tell you what does that exactly. say? What, That's exactly right. I how mean, much I, permission? I, yeah, how much permission must you feel in that moment to do whatever you want? I mean, I, it,
0: uh, so yeah, we, we were talking about this earlier, and I, I've mentioned this on previous podcasts where you know I've described this bunker mentality when the losing general is just hunkered down, surrounded by his sycophants and yes men, and I feel like Donald Trump has you know, purified, he's clarified the rot around him and the people surrounding him right now are the absolute worst people to be around and a malignant narcissist who can never accept that he has lost. And I believe Donald Trump of all people, and it's it, un- unfortunately it's, it appears to have been infectious to the population. Donald Trump ho- held out the belief that he could actually remain president, even though reality had moved on. That is the best description of it that I can come up with. Yeah. And let me I want to slight
1: pivot into something else. And you may throw up in your mouth a little bit when I say this. Um, well, uh, do, uh, we, do we want to give Mike Pence some credit here? And I, oh, yeah, I do. I absolutely do. Go and and ahead. look, I say this give him some credit. I, <laughs> I say this as a card carrying Democratic Socialist. I say this as somebody what? who there's one. You, you have a card that says Democratic Socialist on it. I got, I think we, we actually talked about this on a previous podcast. I got like a little
0: welcome packet in the mail. Oh, I um, love it. So, was there, wait, wait, was there a lock of, of Senator Bernie Sanders' hair in there? Oh, he needs every strand of hair he can get. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. No, no,
0: no. Uh, but like, <laughs> Mike Pence is an awful
1: human being. He's a terrible human being. He's a terrible politician. He's bad for the country. He deserves some credit. Why? Because he's the vice president. He has done basically everything Trump has ever asked him to do. And again, this is because Mike Pence did it because he wanted to. He wasn't forced to. But when the day came that Mike Pence had to preside over the Senate to count, not certify, but to count the votes from the states that have already been certified, Mike Pence told the president to his face. I'm not going to try to overturn the election. He doesn't have the authority to do it anyway, but he told it to his face. I'm not going to do that. I will do my constitutional duty. And look, Congress had to break while these, uh, you know, mobsters, rioters, terrorists were in the building. They came back. They reconvened. And at three in the morning the next day, Mike Pence, he read out loud. He goes, look, 306 votes to joseph biden 200 and however many to trump and then he also did the same thing 306 to kamala harris to 200 and however many to myself and he 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 announced that joe biden had won the election so again
0: like i'm not trying to give mike pence too much credit here but You know, he no, but he actually deserves a bit more credit than that, actually, Brandon. So Mike Mike Pence, Mike Pence, the morning of January 6th, you know, Donald Trump had been pushing him, you know, publicly and privately to basically, you know commit treason and and perform uh perform an action that he has no legal authority to do. Mike Pence actually wrote a very detailed, well-written and very logical cogent letter which he printed and and published publicly stating that he had he did not have the authority to do this. And I want to just quote a little bit of it. As Supreme Court Justice Joseph Bradley wrote in the following following the contentious election of 1876, quote, the The powers of the president of the Senate are merely ministerial. He is not invested with any authority for making any investigation outside of the joint meeting of the two houses. So, I mean, Mike Pence made the point very clearly, publicly, and to Trump that I do not have the authority that you're asking me to exercise. And I'm not going to do, I'm not going to take any action that is outside of my prescribed role, which is essentially a ceremonial role. You know, I watched on C SPAN. I watched, it it was actually sort of, I would say, cathartic to watch Mike Pence perform his ministerial duty and simply read the envelopes. And it was business as usual after the House had been ransacked and, you know, people had been huddled under desks and tables, you know, Maryland, reading the votes for Maryland, which has been recounted. And it just it just was it was droning and calm and it took hours and it was boring. And this is a constitutional democracy that is that is sacred. Right. The idea that Certified votes from the states will be coming to the chamber, and the results will be read. We do not live in an autocracy. We do not live in a kleptocracy where a single person at the head of the federal government gets to decide how people in the 50 states vote, right? We have... Each state has its own process for collecting votes, and those—that that is sacrosanct. That, that is one of the intentional designs of our republic that has actually kept us safe during Trump's tyrannical rule. I mean, thank goodness we have 50 individual states. Can you imagine if all those votes tabulated to one server? Talk about voter fraud. I mean, Trump would have had that thing unplugged. (laughs) He would have had a a single alternative server, just like alternative facts, alternative server installed. He won. And that would have been the end of it. So, that's something
1: you just hit on something that, that I totally agree with it. Our elections are the better for the fact that there are multiple points of potential failure. And so if it fails at one point there, you know, it's kind of like you think about like a series of locks in a river or a dam, right, where it's like if one of them fails that the other one can hold the water back. And I just I like that a lot. Yeah, well, thank you very much. It's, uh, it's
0: also the reason that I have um, five entryways to get into my bedroom. I'm not paranoid or anything. I just want to make sure that if somebody gets for, through the first three, I have a couple left. What is that? What is that spy show from the '60s? <laughs>
1: no, where the intro is he I goes. Don't know. You know what I'm talking about, right? He goes to. I this. have no idea. Oh, Go on the, though. I'm I'm interested though. Uh, I want to hear The it. intro to this TV show. He's going through a series of different doors, and some of them open up, and some of them open sideways. <laughs> and he goes into like a little door, and then like, oh, what is it? Is, I, it, is it
0: is it like the original? escape no it's called get smart that's what it is it's like the original escape room i've always wanted to do one of those you know you you should totally take a second and google (laughs) get
1: smart intro it's just he literally the guy's like walking through like a series of different doors like it's anyway it's it's kind of funny it kind of can't be so one more thing one more comment on this kind of like us kind of like us, kind of like us you know definitely like us (laughs) i know that mike pence's duty in that moment was ministerial but again a quick thought exercise Let's say that the brain of Donald Trump was somehow implanted into Mike Pence's body in that moment where he's presiding over the Senate. Is there any doubt in your mind that it wouldn't have mattered what authority that person in that moment did or didn't have that Trump would have been like, I think these votes are all a fraud. I am going to declare that we do not count. You know what I mean? Like, what is it? Absolutely. What would have happened in that moment if a person just started prattling on? Like, like what were the checks and balances? Because all of this, all of society... All of our rules and policies don't really mean anything if the people who are supposed to op- uphold them either don't do it or they misuse their authority. Like I've said this a lot, our society is held together by the the fabric of shared understanding and norms and social pressure and it just it's very scary to think what could have happened had someone else been in that position at that time that's all
0: okay i know this is totally overly dramatic but can and i have to do it again i know I've, i've done it before but it just bears repeating will you please just hum the tune for game of thrones just really quick for me please Lord Baelish is coming on the scene. Go
1: ahead.
0: Chaos is a ladder. Many who try to climb it fail, never to get to try again. The fall breaks them. But some, given the chance to climb, they cling to the realm or their gods or love. But only the ladder is real. The climb is all there is. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's perfect so i mean yeah this i just want to make a, a, a not a very astute comment but trump's not smart right he didn't actually have like a full-on plan he he's spent, a, he's an agent of chaos something he's you an have agent chaos. Okay, many correct. times and he has sat in a room with his evil lawyers for the last four years thinking of any possible way he could stress this the system and run the time clock out and just try to extend it another day another day another day another day day. Maybe we'll figure it out tomorrow. He is an absolute gambler. I mean, I compare it to a gambler at the table. He just keeps throwing his chips at the table over and over again. Well, guess what, Donald Trump? You finally spent your last chip. This, I felt, I felt the moment that the last chip fell off the table for Donald Trump. And it was the moment that those insurrectionists breached the Capitol, started smashing things and interrupted the process of certification of votes. And the nation's head turned and said, What have we signed up for? I agree. No one, no reasonable person wants that. I felt that
1: moment too. And I know that these these moments in time, they're not sharp delineations, like everything is a continuum and everything is a spectrum, but this was very quickly the color changing from, from red to green, right? Or like it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it happened, in, it right. happened in, in what felt like a snap. I wanted to ask really quick, before we get into the consequences of what all of this means, was there anything else you wanted to say about the kind of the events of that day or anything specific that happened? Happened.
0: Well, I, I just I have to do a plug for, um, you know, whatever um, whatever hope you had that misinformation would go away because of this incident. You should simply banish right now. I think, you know, the the tide of misinformation that Trump rose to you know road to rise to power it's not going anywhere and society is going to have to figure out ways to mitigate it and i think we're going to talk about some of those things that have happened today actually big changes today to the way that trump is going to be able to mobilize people yeah um, I, I just i have a little bit of of uh breaking news that i da, 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 and i'm actually going
1: to withhold it because i think oh
0: you-
1: Yeah, because I I think that did anyone ever play anyone listening ever play Star Fox in 1991? (laughs) Oh man, that is
0: I think I think that one's for me and you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Okay, we just have to say it was like in its day an incredible video game that supposedly had the best graphics and it's like it, it is sort of 3d but it's basically just lines it's <laughs> and it's, it's like, wireframes yeah it's yeah, like it's wireframe
1: right? wire fr- and and the, like it was, it was like 15 frames per second it was so choppy and just really bad um and and instead so of actual let's, voices let's, the
0: pilots are like yeah it's okay that's
1: they didn't it. quite have enough memory to get like human voices into that <laughs> cartridge um Wait, so I, I, I want to finish, about, I wanna we finish
0: just, this. I want to finish this thought about misinformation, though. There is already I actually yeah. signed up for Parler. Just I, I have to tell you, I signed up for Parler because I'm so interested in this right wing ecosphere that's been created. And the current theme on Parler, which is being spread by L. Lynn Wood, one of Trump's disgraceful attorneys who has also been banned from Twitter, is that the insurrectionists inside the Capitol were not Trump supporters. They were uh, Antifa Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were Antifa with Confederate flags. And, uh, you know, even though some of them have been identified now, like the guy in the buffalo hat, uh, QAnon shaman. I don't know if you knew the guy's name. I didn't until recently. But but the current conspiracy theory is that there was actually no violent protesters on Trump's side. That was a, a ruse by Antifa. And, and And it worked. Apparently they tricked the public. Well,
1: let's. I do want to talk about social media stuff, but since you brought up this topic, I think it's a really good one about who was there and who wasn't. It's good oh, to yeah. know. It's good to know the, the Trump's department of justice came out today and said, they have absolutely no evidence whatsoever that there were any Antifa in that crowd that breached the Capitol. And furthermore, the thing that I find no, really is good, the thing I find really funny is now, you know, the FBI is on Twitter circulating pictures of people saying, I saw that too. Yeah. Yep. Saying, do you know who these folks are? Cause we're going to knock on their door in, whatever state they live in and and prosecute them. The funny thing is that these same folks who support Trump and probably don't support wearing a mask, for example. You know, Mm -hmm. Alex... A mask is actually mm-hmm. a
0: pretty effective way at concealing yep. your identity. Yep. Mask Please, and sunglasses, man. I couldn't believe how many. Not to mention, easily okay, showing their faces. There man. is a pandemic going on here. Did you see the picture of the guy who has like a podium and he's got this big old, you know, shit-eating grin as he walks out the door with the podium? When I saw that picture, I thought, dude, you just made a very big mistake. <laughs> this dude, that, like a lot of these people,
1: are at a minimum going to be prosecuted. They will. They will be charged. They will be prosecuted. Some people will be facing you know, uh, probation. Some of them will be facing jail time. Yeah, that guy carrying the podium, he lives in Florida. We know his first and last name. Why? Because there's video and pictures of him doing it. It's 2020. I just think it's really, really funny that again,
0: these folks thought they could do this without any consequence whatsoever. Um, Okay, would you like a little more delicious irony here? Yeah. Um, So you may or may not remember that during the summer when law and order President Trump was cracking down hard on people destroying property, he passed a, uh, a presidential order, an executive order um, that that basically uh, established some very harsh guidelines for sentences uh, for destruction of federal property. And it turns out that the Capitol building of the United States government is actually federal property. So these people are looking at ten years in jail because of an executive order that Donald J. Trump signed. How do you like that? I I like that a lot.
1: I like that a lot. <laughs> I think it, I, the it's I, kind of the... the irony isn't lost on me. And, th- you know, it, that law and order has a nebulous definition. It's kind of the eye of the beholder thing. But I think that we can all agree that law and order means that you're not allowed to break into the U.S. Capitol and interrupt democracy. Right. Like we should all agree to that. Um, that was one of the bullet points I actually had is like, will these folks, will this mob, will these, you know, terrorists be held accountable? And the answer is yeah. So far it looks like they will be. And, and related to that, I wanted to ask you this question. So I was in a thread on Twitter because if anyone knows I'm pretty active hashtag online.
0: That's, We're, and that's one of the reasons that I don't use Twitter or Facebook. Cause you do that, that section of it. I'm the parlor guy. You're <laughs> the parlor guy. And I'm we the parlor are, guy. We, we are, we are going to
1: take a deep dive into the social media stuff in a little bit. Oh, the
0: the parlor is too much, man. It is too much. Anyway, continue. There,
1: there was a thread on Twitter by Diala Shamus, who's a her, a human rights attorney for the, um, the center for constitutional rights. And what she was arguing is that we should not use the word terrorist to describe the people, the violent mob that took over the Capitol. Um, And that there are really important reasons why we should not use the word terrorist. And the argument, and I apologize if I'm not distilling this properly, I apologize, but the the crux of the argument, without going through the entire thread, is that even though these mostly white men meet the definition of terrorists, um, and that, of course, folks are terrified by their violent actions, that it's important to remember that enforcement priorities, that law enforcement, that budgeting, All comes from this very specific word with a nebulous definition terrorism, then that terrorism has been used to justify, you know, funding actions the erosion of human rights, the erosion of privacy laws and that it's it's very we have to be very careful who we label a terrorist and what we label as terrorism because now we have these giant machines of law enforcement that rely on that definition for funding and and that basically The short answer is that when you start calling things terrorism, whatever authority you give to law enforcement, they will overstep it and abuse it. And that's been true since the Bush administration. So I wanted to ask you Mm, what you think of that argument. Should we maybe kind of lay Mm. off
0: using the word terrorism to describe these violent mobsters? That's a really interesting point. I, I've thought about it in a similar way. I mean, I I think yeah. I mean, I I've been referring to them as insurrectionists, and the reason I've I've been sort of using utilizing that term is I feel that the leaders of the country who fomented this event share at least you know if not the majority of the responsibility at least you know a, a good half of the responsibility for these people being there at all. I am sensitive to the fact that. You know, human beings, we are sort of hierarchical creatures. We elect leaders. We're sort of tribal. We have a leader. Trump made this happen, right? Trump fomented this. Trump dreamed this up. Trump brought this into fruition. And, you know, even though I was sort of gleeful about 10 years in jail, if I were actually, you know, presiding over one of these cases, I think there's an argument to be made that some leniency should be shown. Um, if if, depending on how these how these folks present, I guess, at their trials, you know, because the leader of the country was telling he was telling them your country's being stolen from you. We can only take this country back by strength, not by weakness. That's what Trump said just moments before. What were they supposed to do? These people were keyed up. They were amped up. They were they were excited by the idea that they had power. That's what Trump gives people a, a feeling of that they that they belong that they matter that that they they can affect some change. I I just feel, you know, leniency for the people involved to the degree that it is warranted and absolutely no quarter spared against Trump, Giuliani, Don Jr., anyone else who put these ideas out into the blogosphere, the Twitter sphere, wherever these ideas were spread, the the, the people who brainchild this those are the people that I want to see, see the Justice Department go to the mat on. Yeah, honestly, that's my perspective. Well, this I think that provides a pretty good segue into the social media stuff.
1: And you hinted at it earlier. Um, and I said I had some breaking news at first. some It's old
0: news because it happened over an hour ago, Alex. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I, had, I, I have to say that I had like a whole I think you just deleted all my show notes because it was just like from a no, week no, no. ago and like nobody cares. I, no, <laughs> no, I, I, I just I, I put my stuff up top. So I it pushed it down a little bit. Oh, OK, I see. I, I mean, but really, I don't care about any of that stuff anymore after Wednesday. <laughs> it's I know like... it's it's stuff is moving so incredibly fast. Um, I mean, I listened to the entire hour of the Rathensburger tape, you know, the call with Trump. And I'd love to get into it a little bit. But and I don't want to do it right at this moment. But that tape was absolutely incredible until Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't even talk about it. It's just oh, it's I know so wild. We Didn't even talk about it.
1: But OK, it happened an hour ago. So it's old news. Donald Trump was permanently suspended from Twitter.
0: OK, <gasps> OK, OK, you need to do a sound effect that comes from Donald Trump's mind when he hears he's permanently suspended from Twitter and Facebook. Now, what is his what's the sound effect in his mind?
1: I can't even come up with it. I can't. Can even, I, because, OK, can I try? I want to try one. OK, OK, try.
0: ego death dude that's he lives through that his entire life yeah exactly this man doesn't read this man doesn't write all this man does is tweet man that is who he is literally all he does it's all
1: he does Uh, twitter essentially said that look like we had been telling him that Anything that stokes violence um, it will not be tolerated on our platform and that Twitter had had enough. And I, I think it's it's important and you have to pay attention to what they said in their statement. Um, there's a reporter with NBC News, Michael Beschloss. Again, apologies if I didn't pronounce the name properly. Um, you didn't. No,
0: I'm just kidding. He, I have no he idea.
1: Tweet, this reporter from NBC tweeted, you know, pay attention to what Twitter said about this, about them permanently suspending President Trump. They said Twitter said plans for future armed protests have already begun proliferating on and off Twitter, including a proposed secondary attack on the U.S. Capitol and state Capitol buildings on January 17. So Twitter has information to suggest that multiple social media platforms will be used, including Twitter, to again incite people to violence. And to that Mm -hmm. point, you mentioned earlier, Alex, the social media site Parler, just to set the table. What is what what is
0: snap, snap, snap? I know.
1: I I had to had to say (laughs) had to had to give it to him. What is Parler exactly? If I don't know what if I know what I know what Facebook is, I know what Instagram is, I know what Twitter is. What is Parler?
0: Parler is a social media platform that purports to. Uh, cherish and value first amendment rights and you can say whatever the hell you want on there but what is it, it actually like what is it's it it's really? actually a place where the alt-right goes to spout whatever hell they want to spout there it is and it is financed by the mercer family and it is absolutely awful and i, I will get back to uh parlor in just a moment but i would love to read you donald trump's last tweet i have it right here in front of me okay <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> and This is okay. So he finally it was 12 hours of ego death for Donald Trump. He couldn't tweet. He couldn't make his great thoughts known for a whole 12 hours. Then, you know, it was it was opened back up. And here's what he had to say to the world. The 75 million great American patriots who voted for me, America first, and make America great again, will have a giant voice long into the future. They will not be disrespected or treated unfairly in any way, shape, or form. Hmm, that doesn't sound like it could incite anyone to do anything violent, does it? Oh my lord. So here's something else that's even funnier. So, Oh, but wait, and the second, actually there was one other tweet after that. To all those who have asked, I am not going to the inauguration on January 20th. That for me is coded language, don't you think? By the way, we will not be disrespected. Oh, I'm not going to be there, so feel free to do whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, it's it's slightly better
1: than inciting insurrection against the US government, I suppose, to tell people not to go to something, I guess that's maybe an improvement, But the funny thing is, Alex, that after Twitter permanently suspends his account, which is at real Donald Trump at real. You know what Trump did? Do you know what he did? He He joined Parler. He well, that'll come in a second. He hopped on the at POTUS Twitter account. He's had access to like the official president of the United States account this entire time. He just doesn't really use it. So he tweeted the following. As I've been saying for a long time, Twitter has gone further and further in banning free speech, and tonight, Twitter employees have coordinated with the Democrats and the radical left <laughs> in, remo- <laughs> in removing my account from their platform to silence me and you, the 75 million great patriots who voted it's all for about me. you. Twitter may be a private company, but without the government's gift of Section 230, they would not exist for long. I predicted this would happen. We've been negotiating with various other sites. It will have a big announcement soon while we look at other possibilities of building out our own platform in the near future. Yay. We will not be silenced. Twitter is yes. not about free speech. They're all about promoting a radical left platform where some of the most vicious people in the world are allowed to speak freely. Stay
0: tuned. Oh, I can't wait to stay tuned. Let me tell you. So I am and then, on and then No,
1: and then they deleted those tweets right away. Twitter did. Good.
0: <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, <laughs> Trump. And then now he's probably locked out of that account as well. Yep. So Parler. I don't know if you remember MySpace in like you know 2002. Oh, that's do what Parler, I? That's what Parlor looks like. So it looks like if if someone in a high school computer programming class tried to make Facebook, that's what parlor looks like. The buttons don't work. Uh, things don't load properly. There's a bunch of garbage on there. You know, L. Lin Wood, Trump's attorney, he's at the top of the thing. Um, a bunch of people who have been banned from from Twitter are on there. Uh, there's lots of Proud Boys groups represented from every state. Um, there's all kinds of people with American flags and Hulk Hogan, you know, do rags and stuff for their profile picture, and people are just continually tweeting out, yes. Uh, my, there is a, a a dearth of or a, there's a, an abundance of violent rhetoric on there. One of my friends actually just uh, texted me a picture of uh, someone on parlor who is attempting to organize another rally for January 20th. And what did they call it? They called it the Million Militia March. And the logo for it is like two assault rifles uh, balanced against each other with like a skull in the middle. It's not that, that sounds subtle, about right? It's not that subtle what's going on, and we have a major problem in this country. Now, one of the things Donald Trump was able to do is he was able to use this element of society as the great energy generator for his political movement. And he was able to convince, you know, enough people in the middle. He's right. Seventy five million people saw fit to vote for Donald Trump. But if the if I, I wager if the election was held again today, Donald Trump would get far fewer votes after, you know, folks have had an opportunity to see what the logical conclusions of his type of rhetoric really are. I think he'd still get quite a few votes, honestly, but I don't think he would perform uh, as as well as he did. And there's some evidence to back that up, too. I mean, in the races in Georgia, and I know we're going to go into much more detail with those, but, you know, Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff actually far outperformed Joe Biden in the runoff election, which is very, very interesting, considering that, you know, Democrats usually fare... Quite poorly in runoff elections, so it's it's a lot of food food for thought there. I think.
1: Yeah, no, there there definitely is. And like speaking of Parler, by the way, Parler, Parler, and, and you're right that Trump is looking now for what other platform can he use? You know, Parler has been removed from the Google Play Store. I'm not gonna read their entire statement, but Google essentially said there's an ongoing and urgent public safety threat, so they are suspending Parler until they address a way to robustly moderate egregious content. Because when you look at screenshots from Parler, there are people who are literally freely posting about killing police officers, about killing elected officials, about Forming mm-hmm. the Capitol and literally inciting a civil war... And so Google has said we're taking you off our platform. Apple has said that Parler has 24 hours to come up with a way to moderate this stuff. I doubt that they're able to meet that threshold. They'll probably be removed from the Apple no, store too. No, they're not
0: they're not they're not even going to try. I mean, the, they can't, the they, reason they can't, yeah. for existence is to whip these people up and keep them in play as a political movement. But I wonder, I mean, I, honestly, I've reached out to the Mercer family. No, I haven't really. And they've refused <laughs> to come on the show. <laughs> but I mean, if I were if I were the Mercers, do you really want to go down the road of of true destabilization of the society that you live in? Or were you just trying to use these people a, as a political uh, wedge? Right. To you, every political movement needs to have their base. And the bigger that base is, the better. Right. I mean, Trump certainly would not have gotten elected without the Proud Boys, without the Boogaloo Boys, without, you know, white supremacists and white nationalists, he would not have gotten elected. Those were the people that made up the margin of error for him, you know, when when all is said and done. So I I don't know. I think we're just in a moment of of rapid change in our society. I mean, the president of the United States who was elected on Twitter by Twitter has been blocked from it now. And he argues that, you know, his free speech is being is being impeded. But that same president just used his power to incite an insurrection at the Capitol. (laughs) So, I mean, the fact it's it's actually it's actually, I think, sort of a success for capitalism that these companies have finally stepped in. And it's a tragedy that it took them this long. We need to regulate hate speech. This president has engaged in hate speech for his entire career. And I
1: think that something that the entire Trump presidency has stress tested is not just norms, but like you said, policies and laws, you know, end user agreements. Twitter says you can't be using it for this and for that, for inciting violence and for hate speech. And Trump has been doing that. And Twitter has said for a long time, well, look, this is an elected official. And we don't want to impede the public's ability to hear from their elected officials. Do, do Do you know, Alex, that Trump can release a press release from the White House at literally any time? And it will be run by every major... Trump has no
0: like limit of options of ways to get his message out but and- brandon that would require com- like composition of an intelligible uh, length of text and that's not trump's forte it also likes- would require somebody <laughs> other than him looking at it and it probably means it will
1: be edited and he doesn't want that no i mean that's really it's oh, so right? funny because like it's you know for better or for worse and 99% for worse we all got an unvarnished view into the mind of a deranged individual who also happens to be president.
0: Yeah, oh, that's so good. I mean, I could listen to that over and over again, and I would just keep saying, whoa. Yeah, it's absolutely true. How did we let this happen? How did we let this man... I mean, this person has been a fraudster his entire life. He's a huckster. He's gone from failed business venture to failed business venture until finally he was propped up by this awful TV show, and I won't go into it because I've already described it. This guy is he is an absolute fraud in every way. His his attempt at leadership was was akin to uh you know a, a bad tv character this guy is such a fraud right. and, and his his movement is devoid of any true ability to bring about positive change in the world what would these people even do if they got into power simply kill everyone simply take everything over they don't have a plan the whole point of it is to be mad and aggrieved that's the whole point of the movement i don't understand to be mad to be aggrieved to be powerful to exert right, right. authority I matter right i matter and that's right. that's They're, trump's malignant narcissism that honestly rubs off and and casts a, a, a shadow casts a light on his followers we matter this is how we say that we matter that's right guess what guys there's other ways to do it there's plenty of other ways come over to my house we can we can learn some new skills play guitar learn a sport help your society you don't have to be a force for evil
1: you really don't. And I, we're now, you know, we, we said a little bit ago that we both kind of feel that something has finally changed with Congress reading the votes from the Electoral College and with confirming that Biden will be the president elect. I, I exhaled a little bit. I don't know about you. Um, and we're, we're now reaching this moment where there do seem to be some consequences for these actions. We've talked about some of them. But let's go into a major consequence, which is there has been a lot of talk about potentially evoking the 25th Amendment and or impeaching President Trump. Do you want to give the listeners just a quick rundown on what the, people may not be familiar with what the 25th Amendment is? Uh, what does that exactly do? What's the purpose of it?
0: The 25th Amendment gives the vice president an ability to remove the president from power if he is incapacitated or otherwise unable to do his job. Trump is a malignant narcissist who, you know, just he just attempted to bring down the federal government. Let's let's not shy away from saying that. That's exactly what he was trying to do. And many folks are rightly concerned that he could use his rather abundant legal powers which he still retains to do something else that's bad. I'm living in fear of that real of that possible reality right now. Problem with this is Mike Pence doesn't want to do that, and it would require uh, a, a majority of votes from the members of his cabinet and his cabinet members are stepping out. I mean, we've already had uh, DeVos step away. Um, the transportation secretary, you remember her name? I can't remember her now. Margaret. No, not Margaret. Uh, anyway, you know, Mitch McConnell's what? wife. Oh, uh, Elaine Cho. Elaine Cho. Right. Margaret Cho is a comedian. Sorry about that. No, it's um, fine. So it's that's it look it's looking unlikely that that is going to happen, that Trump is actually going to be removed through the 25th Amendment because Mike Pence doesn't really want to be a part of that. Now, remember, Mike Pence, even though we gave him some accolades earlier, he would like to run for president in 2024. And now that Trump is going to be completely out of the picture, you know, Mike Pence is looking pretty good. He's like the nice Trump, right? He was the guy that wasn't super crazy, but, you know, he was there for all those policies. And I think he could get a pretty good showing if he ran. So Mike Pence doesn't want to do it. We talked about this in a previous
1: episode. Mike Pence doesn't have the juice that Donald Trump has, again, for better, for worse, mostly for worse. Trump is extremely charismatic and he draws people to him. Mike Pence can only draw a fly to his white head.
0: he he, he can't really inspire people right so i don't think that he has much of a chance of becoming president but but that's not how he's thinking about it though because anyone in trump's orbit who agreed to be there this long is hoping someday they're going to have their crack at power pompeo is the same way and i just i can't even believe these people think they have a chance but they do and then with regard to impeachment i mean that's the other let's
1: talk about impeachment yeah
0: that's the other mechanism through which you know a president could be removed from power the problem with that is it's it's a rather lengthy process now you know the last time we went through impeachment, it took weeks, right? We had a trial. We, we tried or we tried to have a trial. It wasn't it was blocked mostly. But, well, but have you heard the latest, Alex? Y- yeah, I know what you're going to say. It's going to fast track. But tell me about
1: it. Well, but yeah, it's going to fast track, right? That the the heads of the committees where this stuff usually start has said screw it let's take it to the house for a vote right away you know nancy pelosi who is the speaker of the house has said either trump is removed from office by monday or we are going to be introducing these articles of impeachment and the articles of impeachment in this specific case are centered on incitement of insurrection which again is what we talked about Trump telling people to go to the Capitol and essentially inciting violence to to overthrow the government and to interrupt the electoral process. That is the basis for these articles of impeachment. So they
0: will be introduced Monday. I don't have any doubt. That they will. Oh, pass they, the they, House. they definitely he's not stepping down. I, I I mean, Nancy Pelosi would like Trump to resign. You know, that that would be her her uh, best option because then they wouldn't have to deal with this. But the articles are in front of me. And that is I mean, what Trump did, it pales in comparison to any crime that Nixon committed. Right. I mean, this is just like so far beyond the pale. This is. Uh, th- these Can I are ask you?
1: I don't know if you does it mention anything in there about Trump's potential involvement with, you know, refusing to deploy the National Guard or
0: maybe there's not enough information about that to have included that. Uh, Not that I have read. He willingfully he willfully made statements that encouraged and foreseeably resulted in imminent lawless action at the Capitol incited by President Trump. A mob unlawfully breached the Capitol. Um, it's mostly yeah. it's regarding his incitement of the insurrection. I mean, specifically to that. But it also mentions his call with Brad Raffensperger, you know, on January 2nd attempting oh, to. OK. Yeah, attempting to get him to, quote, find, find enough votes to overturn the election. That call is just unbelievable. I mean, Trump literally says, well, what are we going to do, Brad? Because I only need 12000 votes here. And, and and you're a Republican, you know, you, you you should you should want this to happen. You know, Brad, people don't like you. You know, no, nobody who likes you right now is ever going to vote for you, Brad. You understand that, don't you? I he mean, that's something how. bad
1: could happen to him. He right? said like- you
0: could be this could be criminal. I mean, you this could be really bad for you and your lawyer. I mean, Trump, he he went to mob school. Let's just say that. I mean, he definitely went to mob school. He knows how the mafia speak. Um, Anyway, the the conclusion of the article of impeachment says in all of this, President Trump gravely endangered the security of the United States and its institutions of government. He threatened the integrity of the democratic system, interfered with the peaceful transition of power and imperiled a coordinate branch of government. He thereby betrayed his trust as president to the manifest injury of the people of the United States. He definitely did. Can he even deny that, right?
1: No, you can, I mean, and look, so, okay, you were expressing some skepticism at the end result of this process, but let's just kind of play it through. So if the articles are introduced Monday- and in they, the house, they get okay. Yeah, that.
0: impeachment starts in the house, right? So and they're not. Start, and
1: let's say it just goes immediately to a vote. They're like, no debate, no nothing. We're just going to. Well, vote Well, they're
0: not him. going. There's nothing to debate. That's they're describing what right. happened. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's nothing to debate.
1: I would. I would wager that whatever number of people voted to impeach him the first time in the house, you'll get probably a couple more people this time. I, I suspect that that will be the case.
0: So then it goes. Yes. Then it goes it was, to the Senate. Okay. Yes. Now, in the Senate, it's it's a bit trickier because once it passes the House, it needs to get a two-thirds vote in the Senate, and I am not sure that that would occur. That's 75 senators, right? No, I, that's incorrect. What? Oh, is- two? no, yeah, sorry, no, yeah, two-thirds vote, 66 senators. So— I am not certain that that would be possible. Um, I I don't know what the politics of this are for the majority of the Republican senators. I think you might get 10. I know you get Mitt Romney. I think you get Susan Collins and Murkowski, but I'm not sure. Let me throw a twist into
1: this. Uh, The rule says that it needs the, quote, concurrence of two thirds of the members present. So I actually wonder if you might get some folks who don't, want to put their name to it who just wouldn't show up. And right. therefore you'd maybe need a little fewer than the actual than the than the two thirds of the hundred. Um, but you mentioned Lisa Murkowski. Did you hear the latest on her? There's so
0: much news, Alex. There's so much that's happened. I know, it's unbelievable. Her quote was actually amazing, too. I, I don't have it right in front of me, but oh, I do. Um, Let's oh, ta- well, please please read it because it's incredible. So we're talking about
1: the Senate, right? Senator Murkowski is a Republican out of Alaska. She's been a pretty moderate, um, you know, as moderate as Republicans go, she did not vote for impeaching President Trump the first. But here's what she said today, quote, I want him to resign. I want him out. He's caused enough damage. I think he should leave. He's not going to show up. He's not going to appear at the inauguration. He hasn't been focused on what's going on with COVID. He's either been golfing or he's been inside the Oval Office fuming and throwing every single person who has been loyal and faithful to him under the bus, starting with the vice president. He doesn't want to stay there. He only wants to stay there for the title. He only wants to stay there for his ego. He needs to get out. He needs Needs to do the good thing, but I don't think he's capable of doing a good thing. and
0: quote. <laughs> Boom! Holy moly! Wait, Senator I mean, Murkowski, it, go off. It, I mean, she's pissed. Uh, you Tell us understand. how
1: you really feel.
0: You have to understand the, the the folks that were that were hiding in the Capitol building were completely shaken by this event. These are people who are and used to being. Be. Well, these are people would who are be. used to being protected. They feel safe in those chambers. The they. I I mean, they legitimately believed with good reason that they could be killed, right? That this this was an incredible event. I mean, we should this honestly, I I mean, it's on par with something like 9-11. It really is, as as far as the breach that occurred. It's it's almost worse than 9-11 because it was incited by the American president himself. Right. And here so let's it's it's awful. It's everything about this is awful.
1: And so let's talk a little bit more about impeachment. And just to clarify that
0: the process—I can't in- believe I said seventy-five senators. By the way, I'm really tired. I worked a long day. <laughs> saying, no, I liked a- how you were just—you were just like, no, that's not correct. Well, <laughs> well actually, it's funny. I'll—I'll I'll
1: admit because I thought it oh, was an idiot. I didn't think it was two-thirds. I thought it was actually—I thought the number was sixty. So I was right, but for the wrong reason. So I was also wrong. So we're both at
0: in- least—at least I knew there were a hundred senators. <laughs> nice job, nice job. At least you know the three branches of government. Are um so I heard three qu- Oh, pop quiz, hot shot. What are the three branches of government? Go. The, the executive, ding, legislative, ding, and judicial. Ding, ding, ding. Oh. Dang. Okay, fine. Okay. Okay. So
1: okay. Impeachment has a couple different steps. If it passes the House, you're impeached, right? Bill Clinton was impeached. Donald Trump was impeached.
0: I if did it, not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I Imagine that—that was—that was, that was the bar for shit? impeachment.
1: Was that he it, around
0: with somebody in his office?
1: Who gives a shit? What's happening I today mean, is so oh much worse than that. It's oh so much,
0: so much oh worse God. than God. that. It's and so th- it, I mean, when I hear the opinions of Ken Starr on Fox News, it's just like, dude, how do you actually show your face here when you're defending Donald Trump? Ken Starr has been defending Donald Trump for for months. Now now on Fox News, it is unbelievable what... I mean the hypocrisy I, I don't think He's defending Donald Trump anymore I think this 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 violence just shook The Republican uh, The Republican handlers to their core well, They and no longer feel safe You know dealing with this toxic waste That Trump has created this political Movement based on hate they're not comfortable With it and and we're actually going to talk More about the consequences
1: Of Trump and his actions how it affected The races in Georgia on a future oh, episode Soon oh my
0: god but I can't Really wait.
1: Quick really quick on impeachment it passed passes the house simple majority you're yes. impeached it goes impeached. to the senate If they get two thirds of those present, you are then convicted and removed from office. And I wanted to talk a little bit because, okay, Lisa Murkowski has essentially signaled that she's open to voting for it. We know Mitt Romney, he voted for it the first time. He'll probably do it again. Although he'll definitely vote for it again. Well, it's not guaranteed. He probably will. Susan Collins out of Maine. You could probably pick up a handful more. But the consequences, my understanding, and you can correct me if I'm wrong or, or clarify, Mm -hmm. Is that if the president is impeached and convicted, it means that he loses the ability to run for office again. Is that part of this process, or is it related to this process? There's
0: something basically that it... Yes, right. According to my reading of uh, uh, the the process in place, according to you... Once the president is removed from office, the vice president takes over, and then the Senate can have another vote. It's just the Senate for some weird reason, and they can decide to strip this person of their ability to hold public office again. And from my reading, it is a simple majority at that point. And even if that occurs, the president still gets his pension and secret service protection and all the other things that go along with being a former president, but they can no longer hold public office. I think that ceremonial step should be taken. Another interesting thing is, so what if they actually pass, you know, impeachment in the House and postpone voting on impeachment in the Senate until after the Democrats have the majority? Adam Schiff has uh, mentioned this and they are looking into that possibility. I think the utility of blocking Trump from holding future office. I think it's an important step that we should take to cleanse ourselves of this just incredibly damaging force that Trump has unleashed. Do I think Trump could win the presidency again anyway? No, I really don't. I mean, there's a lot of evidence that that Trump's business ties are are being severed. People don't want to work with this man anymore. He's an absolute liability. He has committed... Unknown numbers of felonies, crimes, misdemeanors, just just been just flat, unethical at every turn. I mean, Trump is damaged goods beyond beyond saving at this point. I, I think his life can only get worse from here. And and I, I, I feel he's earned it. He he created this all himself. <sighs> so
1: I have a couple more little bits of breaking news about social media. It's, <laughs>
0: it's <laughs> very <laughs> small.
1: <laughs> but- Two little bits of, uh, of news. One, the Trump campaign Twitter account has also now been suspended because awesome. they, they were tweeting stuff on behalf of Donald Trump yeah. after his personal account was suspended, after he tried to tweet from the president account was suspended there. He, so He just he, can't stop. He, he can't he's stop. absolutely addicted and to this. He's addicted to it. And Twitter has had a rule for a long time. You cannot evade a suspension or a ban by tweeting on behalf of someone else or else nice. that account gets suspended. So <laughs> then- that was oh, so that, they thought
0: of so they thought of this. So they you know, thought of this. generally generally this is like some middle schooler who's like, you know, online bullying people. Yeah, and he's going on your friend's
1: AIM screen name and trying to keep bullying
0: bullying someone. That was 40 exactly. that was 45 minutes ago.
1: 20 uh. minutes ago, the Trump campaign digital director Gary Kobe had his account suspended yes. by Twitter. Why? Because he changed his Twitter name to Donald Trump and then tried to tweet <laughs> as Donald Trump.
0: Trump's just gonna keep happening. It's a game of whack-a-mole, right? And so, yeah. and, and each time Trump's ego is like, "Oh, now I only have 15 million followers. Oh, now I only have 10." Well, enjoy your 15,000 followers on Parler, Donald Trump, because that's, that's the, where you're heading. I'll see funniest, you there. The funniest <laughs> thing about this,
1: and this is again such a window into this man's insecurity. Remember, we just talked about he tweeted from the presidential account that he's gonna go to a different website, different platform. But here he is still desperately trying to tweet, (laughs) desperately trying to use Twitter specifically because it means so much to him. It's funny to think about how much, like, of all the horrible things that have happened this year from COVID to just everything that has happened over the last year, that the thing that affects the President of the United States the most is his inability to use Twitter. That is where we are. He's ill.
0: I mean, he's just ill. I, I have this image in my mind of Trump's, like, you know, hold up in the, in the Oval Office or wherever he is in the White House and his he sees his father's floating head over him <laughs> just yelling, you don't matter. You don't matter. Oh no one can hear you. I mean, he's he's ill and that's why Nancy Pelosi is, is rightly concerned. Um, I an, Another story we didn't mention is that Nancy Pelosi felt like she had to contact the chiefs of staff and actually ask them if Trump can get his hands on the nuclear codes and she mentioned and released a press release that she has been assured that there is a process in place to to ensure that Trump doesn't start a nuclear war. That was a necessary step that, that the Speaker of the House had to take against the President of the United States. Yeah, that's not reassuring at all, right? I mean, no, it's awful.
1: On the one hand, it is that he doesn't have the ability to unilaterally create a third world war. On the other hand, it's like that... Is literally well, that's we not are. what they
0: said. They they said they said that no one has the ability to directly remove that power from him because that would be a military coup. But that there is a quote process in place. I have no idea what that means.
1: I think that we we understand that like even if there were an emergency and the president had to give the order, there are people who have to execute the order and right. So the process has to do with the execution of of certain orders, and that is longstanding and that's always been the case, right? So it's like um. I I am I am heartened in some ways that the institutions of the United States from our electoral institutions to our judicial institutions and our military and our intelligence institutions have held as strong as they have given that you have somebody who is mentally unfit for office and trying their best to not, you know, to not leave office when they've been voted out um, in a democratic election. I think it's it is hard, there's something heartening about that that it's held this strong, even though
0: it's scary. There's a lot of good there. The guardrails held. Um, you know i actually at this point i i think we could go on but i'm i'm getting this my arms are growing a little bit longer my my fingers are stretching out my neck is becoming very giraffe-like i'm hearing music <laughs> <laughs>
1: i hope that your arms are growing long enough to type in remember com. that's dot com where you can find our stuff we are still on Apple podcast we have not been suspended from google Play <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> we have not violated the terms of service of our podcatcher and our distribution services. So we appreciate you all listening and again, just a plug that in the next episode or next couple, Alex oh, and I will talk about the fact that Democrats will have a majority in the Senate. They won the two races in Georgia and what that means for President-elect Biden and what it means for Trump. So stay tuned for that. We finally
0: get to move on, people. We, we finally get to have an episode on. where we will only mention Donald Trump a little bit. I promise.
1: Actually, what I'm, my sincere hope is that the episode that looks at it through the lens of Biden is that we literally do not mention Trump even one time. But with everything and, that happened, we and-
0: had to do it today we just had to and, do it and without his twitter power he probably won't have much to say so there you go
1: it's it's gonna be a wonderful wonderful silence the sound of silence from his <laughs> twitter account is
0: a blessing uh and cut <laughs> that was a hard out oh man <laughs> you had already done your whole outro it was good